Yo, Katie, tell them what they're about to listen to. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the O. This, guys, is another exciting episode. Now, guys, believe me when I say it's another exciting episode. I really mean it. And I'll tell you why. This is our first female guest on the O podcast. Official female guest. And, um... I'm just intrigued, man. Like, I think we got, I think we locked out. I think we got the, a very good person to pioneer our female roster of guests. And um, I'm quite pleased with, with the conversation we had. It's a two-part conversation. Um, we, we spoke about so many things. We spoke, like, her personal life. We talked about um, uh, the, the work aspect. We talked about her projects. And it's just very intriguing to hear how she's been able to manage all these things at a young age. Um, who am I talking about? Well, I am talking about none other than Dr. Claire Anyamosigwe. So, who is she? Simple, I'll tell you. Dr. Claire Anyamosigwe is an award-winning dermatologist, PR consultant, keynote speaker, and filmmaker. At a tender age of 26, she became the founder of the world's first allergen-friendly vegan beauty company, Primer Skincare, to which she received awards including a medal from the Queen of England. Alright? Now, her brand has also attracted a host of celebrity fans and global customers. Here's some name drops. Included Dame Judi Dench, Stevie Wonder, yeah, that's right, and the late artist formerly known as Prince, and so on. Whilst the brand became multi-awarded for helping women with skin allergies including eczema and psoriasis. After five successful years running the business alongside her family-run PR consultancy firm, she temporarily shut down her business to follow her first passion, filmmaking, by launching a film production company in 2017. And in that year, her company made their theatrical debut with the film No Shade making Dr. Claire the sixth black British female director to secure a theatrical release in the 123 years of cinema. Guys, there's so much I could read about her bio. Like, there's a lot of stuff she's done. So if you Google her, Dr. Claire Anyamo Sigwe, you're gonna see a long ass profile, right? This woman has been busy and I'm so happy to have her on the old podcast. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Claire Anyamo Sigwe. Dermatologist, keynote speaker, writer, filmmaker, PR consultant, soon to be author. Claire, can I go on? No. <laughs> you couldn't have pushed it, Yeah, it's like, ah. <laughs> I mean, being. <laughs> you're, 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 you're a consummate Renaissance woman. It's like, honestly, it's. Um, it's yeah, it's unbelievable. So anyway, thanks for joining me. Should I say Dr. Claire or Claire? Which do you prefer? Just call the Claire is fine. Yeah. Okay. All right, Claire. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, no, oh yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. And um, I know definitely. I'm I'm looking forward to learning a lot from about you. Um, and also, hopefully, the listeners would also be as excited and intrigued about you as I am by the end of this uh, conversation. Obviously, a very busy woman. How do you how do you do it all with your little daughter? I got wind of her name from one of the podcast episodes you did on a, a podcast called The Maker Podcast. Uh, Lavender, that's her name, right? Yeah, that's a lovely name. <laughs> that's a lovely Thank name. You. So, uh, yeah, how do you do it, honestly? How do you do it? How do you still doing it with got a little little girl in your life? How? Well, um, yeah, it's an interesting question because I think 
my daughter's now just turned 16 months so mm. she's very very tiny um mm. but she's growing up very quickly um i really you know the last two years of my life have been a bit of a whirlwind because i've changed career um i graduated in film i took a 12-year hiatus came back mm. and wrote my feature film and didn't do a short film or any proof of concept just went straight into production yeah and then four months after we shot the film but six weeks before the world premiere at our own festival the yeah. british urban film festival i found out that i was pregnant so wow it's oh my god like we're just <laughs> about to start the festival circuit of the film <laughs> we're like hustling and pounding the the e the email roads of um distribution yeah and you know it's like oh my god and now i've got morning sickness every day and um wow. that was really tough it was a tough summer i was turning 33 and i was weak and frail and going through this process of being a new filmmaker and the press coverage going to the radio stations and no one knew i was pregnant and it was a hot summer and and now, you know, a year on, like the first year of being like being pregnant is crazy because mm-hmm. you're just constantly tired, constantly like unwell. And then the thing called baby brain is very, very real. Like baby you're brain. halfway through a conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you're, you're, yeah. When your brain got, goes mush. I've never heard a term as baby brain. I mean, my wife's got to well, got to kid. Yeah. Bye. Okay, so you're you're a husband and you're you're a father as well. So your wife may have said to you, "Sorry, hon, I I, I can't." What, what was I saying? Or yeah, <laughs> like yeah, midway yeah, yeah. changes the subject because you're like, "Oh my god, I I can't actually remember what the point <laughs> of what I'm saying is," or totally forgetting basic stuff. So that yeah. started to happen as well because I run a few companies. So you know, like I need to be on my game, but I had to be kind of kind to myself. So after the Buff Festival screening in June 2018, we, me and Emmanuel sort of vanished for a little while until August. So we had two months off. Yeah. And then I had an American screening in Washington. That was the first time I've been on a flight. And I I thankfully I was fine on the flight, but then when I touched down, I was very sick. But then during the Q&A, it was a two-hour Q&A, it was okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like having the really new, like, when I'm busy, she was very, very well behaved in my belly. Yeah. And then when I get <laughs> home or to the hotel, it was like, vomiting. And just oh, really, my I'm, God. Yeah, it was insane. It's like, she knew, like, mommy's working now, so got to be quiet. And then when I was back at home, it was like pandemonium. Um, and then having the baby, obviously, the 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 most miraculous and traumatic thing a woman can ever go through mm. 24 hours labor delivering her mm. and then you know the film was up for uh, a path award mm-hmm. path is the Pan film festival which is founded by danny glover yeah um it's an oscar academy award awarded festival so okay. i was like oh, i really want to go but i've just given birth like can i do this don't be silly of course you can't so so you couldn't go for it we didn't go to that and that oh, was man. okay uh we didn't okay. win and that's fine um and then there was a couple of other awards and then we got we got our distributor um our american distributor got our film onto amazon prime yeah that was june 2019 so it's been on there for a whole year now yeah and in that time i really just had to be kind to myself because um i was on the verge of burning well not on the verge i, I burnt out you know uh we we went to um, I went to California in mm-hmm. 2019. I didn't bring the baby with me, so Emmanuel stayed behind with uh, Lavender. Oh, and wow. then we went to, yeah, so that's the first time being away from family. 
and that was quite uh, confronting the first time leaving my baby as well so it's like ah uh, wait how, uh, how old was lavender at that time she was eight months wow so yeah that was that oh, was man. quite mm, it, was, it was only four days but it felt like forever i can imagine yeah, um, they came and got me at the airport. I've never been happier to see them. <laughs> After four days, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then I just really said to myself, do you know what, like, I need a chef. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a nanny, so I had to mm-hmm. hire staff for the house, like, because mm-hmm. you, I can't do it. I can't do it all. You yeah. know, like, I can't do all the things that I do and be, like, super mum as well. It's physically draining. Yeah. But- impossible mm. and because I've been doing it all and trying to like you know keep myself together as if I just hadn't had a baby like you look snatched and all this crap mm. that women so I was under pressure to do because you're yeah. in the public eye and constantly being photographed um by December 2019 when we got back from Brazil because we went to Sao Paulo to do a South American premiere yeah I was very unwell so um, and I'd, I guess now they would call that COVID-19 what I had. It was a terrible flu. Okay. It was weak. I finished for like two weeks, all of like January, first yeah. half of January. Then I had some other health complications that I'll speak about later on in the year. Um, okay. And then Emmanuel got his MBE in March and yeah. I needed to do well for that. So a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer, a lot of holistic treatments, Mm. So your initial question, question I guess, was how how do I how do I be mummy and wife and myself because I'm still yeah. an individual and a human being. Yeah, us being the founder of Prime, co-founder of Buff Originals, mm-hmm. uh, co-founder of Joe Claire PR or On Point Communications, which is a PR company marketing officer at the British Urban Film Festival and awards. Like I do a lot of things, so. Yeah. I guess really what I've come to realise is that I have to have balance in four areas of my life. And those four areas are my mental and emotional um, health. Yeah. Um, and I include spirituality in that if you're religious mm-hmm. or spiritual. Uh, your your physical health. So Because mm-hmm. they're separate. Emotional and mental is not the same as physical. So physical health, uh, exercising, the things that I put into my body and the things that I do. Yeah. And then my environment, so that's who I spend my time with and where I live or where I'm staying. Because mm. we travel five, six times a year. Like, it's the first time in 10 years that I've not been on a plane. Okay. I usually come to like play different countries like five, six times a year with business. And yeah. then the so environment. And then the fourth one is like career. So financial and, and, and non financial, because I volunteer and do different things. Mm different charities as well so if those four areas of your my life i say your life my life are are, are balanced then i'm going to be at my best if any one of those areas are suffering so for me it was my physical health was suffering Mm. um at the top of the year then it just destroys everything else because it's like a four-legged stool so if you have a chair and you have four legs and one of the legs are broken yeah you can't sit on that chair do you get what Mm. i'm saying you have to repair that that leg so that's how I sort of see life. Um, and I call it a quadrant because there's four different boxes. Yeah. And so I have to take time because what I really realized is that I was focusing so much on my career. Like my career was almost like it's only 25% of the four boxes, right? Because each box is 25%. But I was treating it like it was 75% of my life. Yeah. So 
you know, I was chasing the money, chasing the, you know, the success. Yeah. But then my physical health and my environment was breaking down, you know, um, and, that, and that's not cool. So how did you realize, because you, obviously it's, it's, it's well thought out. You've got four quadrants and you know uh-huh. you need to give each, each of them equal measure of attention and, and love. At what point in, the, in your life did you realize? Because obviously you, you've kind of like encapsulated this thought and now you brought it into motherhood. So it's helped yeah. you. How, how were you able to get a clear formula? Is it like a blueprint that anyone can apply in their life? or? Yeah, it's, it is a blueprint that anyone could apply in their life. I guess it kind of culminated and came to me during COVID, if I'm totally honest. Okay, wow. Like what happens when you run on adrenaline, you don't get time to reflect whilst you're in the success and you're in, you know, the glory of sure. the enjoyment of the traveling and the, the screenings and the meeting new people and all the, all of that. When you're mm. working it, you're working it and then you rest. And then for a lot of entrepreneurs, you, you know, you burn out or you get ill or, you know, some adversity happens. I know Elon Musk, he suffered from depression and he, mm. he got he went through divorce. Yeah. Um, um, Ariana Huff, um, Huffington, Huffington. Yeah. she collapsed outside her New York apartment, you know, because she hadn't had enough sleep. Mm. So it happens to the best of us and um i think there's not enough there's a, there's kind of like a really disturbing rhetoric that you need to always be working and hustling and grinding it's actually mm. very unhealthy um it's a lot better and smarter to work smart as yeah. opposed to working hard for a length of time like 10 years now i've been working extremely hard because mm. i've got crazy energy and i really uh, strategic mind mm. but what that can do like I said if you don't look after the four boxes within your quadrant is that some part of your life will suffer greatly mm. and then it just throws everything else off mm. because what happens said, if I give you the analogy of a chair yeah. if you sit on a chair with three legs now where there's meant to be four the others are going to become very weak quickly mm. Mm. Soon that chair is going to brought down and you're going to have to dash that chair away. And that was me. I had to dash myself away <laughs> from December until March. Yeah. Which is that three or Thankfully, there wasn't nothing in my calendar and I was yeah. able to do that. But, you know, I wasn't able to play with my daughter. I was very exhausted. Wow. Um, I increased childcare, like when I'm supposed to be just relaxing in my yard. And then that makes you think... What's all the success if now I can't even enjoy it with my loved ones? Yeah. You know, I haven't paid my home en- enough attention. Certain areas need decorate, redecorating or, you know, you just sort of look at yourself and you say, okay, I'm doing, I'm working in it, but, yeah. and I'm being in that position. But what is, what does it mean if, like I said, some other important areas of your life are suffering, Yeah, you know, so me and Emmanuel, we had to go back to the drawing board in our marriage. Like what, mm. what gives us pleasure? How do we become, make sure that we take care of each other's needs as human beings and people who, you know, made this lifelong commitment to, as opposed to, yo, babe, send that email because, do you know what I mean? Because we work oh, yeah, together yeah. as projects. Yeah. So it, it becomes like, are we flatmates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we yeah. <laughs> or yeah. have I your 
lover, your partner, your best mate. So we have to start factoring in date night. You know, like we have to go on a date every week. Um, we we now have like a nanny for for lab, so she goes to her um, pretty much most weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stopped during COVID, but now that things are going to get more relaxed, that will we'll reintroduce that. But that is extremely important, you know, because yeah. we how to replenish and to just be ourselves and um, to just enjoy our own company, you know, yeah. as well as being fantastic parents. So I yeah. had to learn a lot, I had to learn quickly. And because I grew up in the care system, I don't have a blueprint for what great parenting looks like. Imagine yeah. does. Yeah, my mum did this and my dad did that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's so dope. I, my mum, you know, uh, my dad passed away when I was nine years old. And then two years later, I went into the care system, uh, which is like a, a foster home, children's home, where loads of children yeah. live and social workers work there, until I was 18. So mm. I I don't know what... Before that, we know there was dysfunction in their marriage, my mum and dad. So for me, I don't, I don't really know what great parenting looks like. So I'm having to create my own blueprint for what that looks like for lavender and i just know for me that's just like showering her with affection it's not yes she gets loads of toys and she's you know she's the first grandchild in the family on both sides so she's like the the golden child but it's like (laughs) the queen of the dynasty every single day and she's learning very quickly she has to contribute contribute positively to the family environment and you know, she can't have things of her own way all the time. Of course, and, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. What's What's interesting about what you've said is because obviously I've got questions lined up, and you just you just going from one to the other and answering these questions, yeah. and it's so seamless. Which is which is which it brings me to one thing is you're very uh, you're very driven and you're purpose driven individual. Um, there are things you've said which to a normal person they would probably they'll probably fall apart and break into pieces and they would need extra support to pull them back together, right? Mm. I sense you're quite, I mean, you're married to Manuel, who is the founder of Buff. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, but I, I sense you're very self-sufficient as an individual. Now, yeah. what were your early years like? And because obviously, you know, our early years environment define us to a degree. So what were your yeah. early years like? And would you say that uh, this the upbringing you had is responsible for your drive, your makeup as a person? Let's just start from your early years and you can dive into that other question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, great, great question. Um, absolutely, you know, um, and it, and it's something that me and Emmanuel laugh about on a daily basis because we're both Igbo Nigerian, both born in Islington, but had completely different upbringings. And mm. um, focusing on mine specifically, I grew up in a council estate, and he did too for a certain section of his early life. Mm. Um, but where we were it was, you know, a very hostile environment um, mm. in terms of mental, psychologically, like. Okay. It's not a place where there was like gang culture. Mm. What there was is like, you know, older white people were very, very hostile and racist. And then because we were the only Nigerian family on a whole estate of like 200 families and we're the only Nigerians and Nigerian Igbo. Mm. This was you and your your mum? 
me, my mom, my two older brothers and two younger sisters. So we're five children. Mm. My mom and my dad. My dad left the family home when I was five. Okay. Uh, to Hackney, so a, a localish borough. Uh-huh. Um, and then my mum carried on with us until my dad obviously passed, and then her health started to deteriorate. Uh-huh. But I learned at a very young age, like I would be the child that would make my own Barbie house out of toilet roll and, mm. you know, like the old rolls. I'd be like, yeah, oh, don't yeah. throw them in because I want to make my own Barbie house because I know you can't afford wow. it. And all my oh, man, that's sweet. Do you know what I mean? And I would oh, get like man. I would save like Kellogg's Frosty boxes <laughs> and oh, toilet rolls so... and like make Barbie houses. I would dye my Barbies like their hair brown uh. with like felt tip pen that I would probably like take from our local community centre, which was actually called Martin Luther King. The Martin Luther King uh, centre in a park called Paradise Park. Can you imagine, right? Does it still exist, the Martin Luther King Centre? It center? doesn't. They locked it down two years ago because I, I, oh, my mum still lives there. Yeah, I went there to see if any of the old staff are still working there, but Paradise Park is obviously still there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taking Lavender there to go to a little mum and stay play yeah. thing. Um, but uh, the MLK is not there. We used to call it the MLK for short. Yeah. Um, but that was the place where I learned how to make jewellery, okay. where I learned how to paint, where I learned how mm. to play like, cards, like blackjack and stuff, and win mm. little like, 10p, 20p bet. <laughs> the hustling started. Hustling was starting from a young age. And I told this story quite frequently a couple of years ago when I started off in business. Yeah. Um, was that me and my friends, we started off selling ice cream when we were nine mm. because I couldn't afford to get the ice cream because it's 50p per ice cream my mum had five kids so yeah. we thought well, let's buy the tub of ice cream for okay. 50 let's buy the cones a pack of 20 for 50p yeah. that's one pound yeah yeah and we can actually get you know we've got six to share because that's me my brothers and sisters and you Kerry mm. and then we've got 14 to sell at 15p 50p yeah we can five pound do you get what I'm saying? Like, nice. Money, right? Well, that's so, a good business already, man. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> we need to compete with the ice cream man. So yeah. what we started doing is that we started offering it 10p cheaper. Mm. You can have two scoops as well. So now you're getting double scoops yeah. for 10p cheaper. Analyze the competition and, and, and annihilate them. Yeah. So I really started to think like if I can't, because when my dad died, so did all the benefits of my dad in the sense of financial assistance. Mm. I wasn't getting pocket pocket money anymore. Yeah. Um, I couldn't afford for me to keep going to like little, you know, uh, I used to play, I can play wind instruments so I can read music. Okay. So my mom couldn't afford for me to go to my clarinet class anymore and my flute class and things like that. So a lot of things stopped. My brothers stopped playing football. They were mm. destined to go into the Arsenal squad, you know, things like oh, that. Wow. That that just devastated our family when my dad died and then my mum's health deteriorated and yeah. then were taken away by the state. So when I went mm. into care, I had at, to... At what age was this now when you went into care? into care i went into care when i was nine nine okay yeah to an indian foster family and then again at 11 until 18 into Mm. a proper children's home and so wow at that time i think that it was just i was just living in survival mode and education was my escapism like my home life is crap 
but mm. I'm excelling in education. So I used to stay at the library extra late. I would, mm. you know, really concentrate in class. But I get frustrated because I've got a hot temper. I had a mm. hot temper as a child. Mm. I'm extremely emotional. I'm born in July. I'm a Cancerian. So all of these different little things that I'd acknowledge about my personality, I was like, okay, well, I need to, you know, get that under wraps. And I think because I grew up in care, I was black, I was Nigerian, I was told by teachers and by mm. social workers, you're not really going to amount to much, you know. Really? Like, they told you that yeah. directly, like... Yeah, 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 they'll tell you that, you know, the future's mm. not looking good for you lot, as in me and my two best friends, Jazz and Grace, you know, like... You'll be so we'll, we'll be shocked if you like, do something. You know, you, you you've got the potential. Like, life's gonna be harsh for you because. What? Why do they say that? The, the way, do, do you looking back now? Do you think you're doing anything specific that would make them say such things? Or I think we were just very like African. You know, like very mm. loud, very uh, like what they would describe as aggressive, but I would say creative. You know, mm. like I can see it in my daughter now. She's very mm. hmm. <laughs> walk with her chest high and she's do you know what I mean she's not shy and meek got you yeah she knows that she's uh, a royal, like she's like a queen already you know yeah. what I mean like, I hear you, have, I hear you. that sort of that sort of um, cypher that energy that aura yeah that she's can be very confident very confident self-assured yeah self-assured and then mm. I would read you know so I started in my teen years like late teen years reading things about mm. um, African culture or you know wise men from mm. history you know so I was really into Nietzsche um, Nietzsche and um, mm. the book self-reliance and just mm. really trying to understand like what makes great people great because I think I realized at the age of about four when I used to graffiti on my mum's walls I used to use her lipstick a pink magenta lipstick and I used to do my own signature and I've still got that signature today at even four though years I'm old wow I knew I was gonna be someone hmm. I knew from a very young age that I was here to do something specific hmm. you know what my dad before he passed wanted me to be a nurse and I'm okay. like dad no, I don't know. I don't know. I knew I could take care of people. I enjoy taking care of people. Yeah. So I did Prime as a brand because that was all about taking care of people with allergies, yeah. skin and food. Um. So that, that 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 taking care of people is always at the heart of anything I do. Mm. Um. But I just thought, nah, that's dead. That like I'm too. I'm too much of an outlaw. I have to be my own boss. Mm. So make your own work- rules. Yeah, I'd work under people and I'd find myself being more inter- intelligent than them. And then there'd be that power struggle. No, I'm just being honest. There'd yeah. be that power struggle of like, you think you're, and it's like, it's not even that I think that I'm, I am. It's not even mm. that I'm thinking it. It's, it's true, isn't it? I'm actually cleverer than you. Uh, my mind is more advanced than you. I'm taking mm. on managerial roles. I'm expanding mm. the team. Or um, I, people come to me for leadership. So. Yeah. By the time I'm ready to leave a job, area managers are begging me to stay, trying to double my wage. I'm like, do you know what? It's not when I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to leave. Yeah, you know, when yeah. the time is right for me, I listen to myself. Mm. I know myself quite well, and at the same time, I still understand that I don't know myself at all sometimes, and I need to shed that skin and become new. So. Yeah. 
that metamorphosis of being a child and then being an adolescence and then being a young woman and then now being like more of like a middle-aged woman now mm. going into 35 it's like you change every couple of years you change yeah. every day i yeah. had this conversation with you earlier but it's like mm. you change you change on a moment-to-moment basis and you should allow yourself to change. And I think sometimes we get so rigid as people, we're not very fluid. I'm yeah. very fluid. Like mm. today, I feel like this, but tomorrow I might feel like that. It's not that I'm flaky because mm. people might be like, you need to be more like, fixed and, uh, and this is, but I'm like, no, because you need to be adaptable. Life is about adaptation. Mm. 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 I wouldn't have been able to survive living in care. I might have had a nervous breakdown as a child. I might have dropped out of school. Mm. I had to continue to adapt, do you know what I mean? When I moved into my own accommodation at 18, now I got, you know, I didn't become one of those girls like inviting all the mandem over every day and doing all mm. that. I was as though, I, I was very disciplined. I was acting like I had strict parents. So mm. people didn't know that I lived in care and I was going through all of that because they were like, but Claire, you were so, you were acting like your mum was going to like kick your ass if you didn't get home at a certain time and, you know, you lost your virginity late, and did it. I was like, yeah, but that's that's because I've got personal standards for my life. I know that I'm here to do something specific, so I'm not going to treat myself any old yaga yaga way. You know, yeah, you, know yeah. what? you have to put yourself in a position of greatness, even if your dad dies, you go to care, mm. the world tells you you're going to be nothing. You can still have high self-esteem, and I do attribute self-esteem to my two big brothers because they yeah, yeah. I was about to me. ask that yeah yeah if my two big brothers they didn't get to have the careers that they wanted to to they wanted to be a defense for football and a goalie mm. uh, one of my brothers you know became unwell when my dad let, uh, died he he couldn't cope very well uh, and then my other brother the same you know got into a, a bit of alcoholism and oh, you know they changed dramatically and I think that's mm. because men don't talk about their emotions um so yeah sorry feel free to interject Go no no it's fine I, I, do you know do you know one of the reasons why i'm letting you speak is there's just a conscious stream of thought and it's like there's certain questions i want to ask and you're, you're, you're speaking you're answering them i'm like wow okay this is interesting now what i find interesting about what you're saying so far is you are like some people that say okay we went through the care system they will talk about how they drifted and you know they got into all sorts of situations now you found strength in seeing what your two elder brothers wanted to do and how it wasn't working out you found strength in the negative outcome right Mm. other people would find strength in mentorship like positivity in terms of okay someone is saying oh you need to do you know what I mean it, it's it's I'm, I'm i'm trying to understand how your mind works because <laughs> do you understand what i'm saying because you, you know like you're, you know you're, you're you're obviously a very good listener and that's really really key oh, as well you. the quality yeah. in life yeah because you you've actually touched on something that i was talking to myself about i do talk to myself um as mm. well and i think that's very healthy again the western world will treat you like that you're mad isn't it but mm, you need to talk mm. to yourself so i was talking to myself and i was like wow like people during this covid period have really been suffering and i and i and i understand that you know what i mean yeah. and i respect that and i know that everyone's got different levels of life but for me mm. it's been an absolutely incredible period in my life because for the first time i could unapologetically stop 
not work, not have to engage. Like I deleted my Instagram feed and people are like, what the hell are you doing? Are you all That's right? That's tough, man. That's tough in this day and age. That's tough. And it was, I wanted to show myself are you addicted? Are you hmm. addicted to validation, to likes, ah, comments, followers? And when I cut that cord, you know, this 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 imaginary relationship to an application on a freaking phone, are you for mm. real? Mm, mm. And I self-analyzed the relationships that I genuinely value and the people who I've spoken, who have now been forced to call me or I've called them, not forced in the sense of you better call me, but it's like, <laughs> oh, you want to hit me? You need to phone my phone. And not <laughs> just, you just stalk me on Instagram and Facebook. I hear you, yeah. yeah and that my life is well because I'm showing you my augmented reality mm-hmm. on an application. Sure. Highlight reel, really, so, yeah. Right, the highlight reel, but to go back to what you was originally saying, mm. part of my personality, and maybe I'm just mad in it, and I mean that with the greatest of like zeal and excitement, yeah, is that yeah. I'm one of those probably strange or rare people that thrives in chaos. Okay. But things are going bad, that's when I come at like, oh, yes. And that's mm. terrible because learnt behaviour in a sense of so when things are going well, I'm slightly on edge because I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so used to things being hard mm. and time tough, mm. like COVID. I'm like, yeah, brilliant. All right, <laughs> come on, <laughs> in, boy. come on, life, let's go because yeah. I've, I've hard times. I know isolation. I know yeah. stress. Like. Yeah. What you for me? Let me mm. see how I can move with this. Mm. And just this time, I've written two feature-length scripts, a book. Wow. During um, this whole COVID period. Yeah, during the last three interesting. months. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. 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 Well, I mean, I've, I've been growing my hair. I'm slim. Like <laughs> you're I'm, slim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling good. <laughs> I hear that, man. Yeah, I, mean, I hear that. Like, the collective emotion yeah. is the complete opposite of how I feel. Hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this learned behavior or is this something that you were born with? I will cover it in the book uh, when okay. it comes out. But it's um, it's it's like a it's it's a it's a stress it's a reaction to stress. Got you. Um, that I experienced from a young age, mm. um, and it's basically something called fight or flight. It's just that: it's yeah. either are you going to run, mm. or are you going to go to into the battlefield? Mm. For me, I've never. I I, I, I rarely. I rarely. I sometimes I fly, like take take off, like now mm-hmm. I'm not going to deal with this. But most of the time, I will. It's fight. I will go into it. Yeah, come on then, let's have it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Let's see what's gonna because I'm gonna win in the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, you know, but what I want to do through the book is to teach people how to um have it all without having to fight. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. That would be interesting to read. <laughs> so I mean, look, at the end of the day, there's so much about your life that we could cover. Now I want us to move further into some of the organizations, I mean, the companies you built and how you started and, and all of that. What I would start with is, let's talk about your education, right? Because okay. what's interesting about your education is how you move from there into your first entrepreneurial endeavor. 
So let's talk about your drama education and why did you feel you needed to drop that for a while? Yeah, I mean, I, I got my uh, my GCSEs, nine GCSEs. I went to college, did drama, mm. media and English. Dropped. I did business, but I dropped out after eight weeks. I just found it very boring the way the teacher was teaching it. I knew okay. I was smart enough, but I didn't enjoy it. You know what I mean? I only do things that I enjoy. I just think mm. losing my dad at a young age, life is just too short. So yeah. I don't, I've never really got into things that I don't enjoy. So I so I did that. And then I got into the univer- first university of my choice, Brunel, uh, mm-hmm. which is an American university in, in London, England. Um, Oxbridge and yeah. I did drama with film and TV so it's actually a joint honours it's like doing two degrees in one because you're oh, wow. studying film mm-hmm. from behind the camera so sound lighting DOP like cinematography the whole thing wow the whole thing and then you're doing straight acting as well like acting for screen acting for stage so it's like it was a it's an acting and directing degree in one but it was called drama with film and tv so that's why i chose it because wow. this could be really interesting and it was it was it was a really dope um course but mm. I realized very quickly that the pathway for white actors on my course was very clear for them like oh yeah we're gonna get you into this you know theater and we're gonna do mm. that for for the few uh, black faces that were on my course they just didn't have anything to to give to us and we didn't know where to start and you know we really learned very quickly that it's who's who and so-and-so's mom knows so-and-so and you know, how many brown faces did we see on telly for even just 15 years ago when I graduated, you know, 14, mm. 15 years ago now? Not mm. many, right? And mm. and, and we're, still, we're still fighting for those injustices now, today. Mm. So back then, it was worse, and I'm sure 15 years before I came on the scene, it was bleak. Mm. So I loved it, and I thought, Do you know what? I started going for auditions, mm. and I would get like, oh, the nurse. And I mm. would, I remember I played nurse three times for three Comedy times. Central. Oh, yeah, okay. on three different shows. What kind I of nurse no... role was this? Was that like a nurse just... and you had a lot of lines or? No, I was just about to say that. I literally had no lines. I came on, I delivered the baby and I go. That's it. And one of them was comedy and I literally delivered a turkey. It was like, I thought, it's you know a what? Turkey. <laughs> I am finished. Like eight pounds a day. I'm actually meant to live. Like this is. I'm better off being on the dole. This is actually mm. like ridiculous. So I just thought, you know what? Let me see. Is it is it more education? So I started going to the um, identity drama school. I started doing um, Strasbourg and method mm. acting and mm. all these different classes. I got a lambda distinction. Like I thought, maybe it's my credibility. Maybe I need more than a degree. Mm-hmm. Then I got a scholarship. I applied to the New York Film. You know, is it the New York Film Academy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, that's it. And um, they've got a branch in LA. And Mm. I got into one in LA, but they could only afford me half a scholarship. Okay. The course was four thousand. They could. They Mm. gave me half, and they said I have to raise the other half. And I was like, oh man. Wow. Do you know what? Do I do this or do I raise 10 grand and start a business? Now, whilst mm. I was doing my degree, I was working on the weekends as a makeup artist for like luxury brands in department stores mm. um, and would fluctuate between that and working at another high street brand. I'm not going to give them any shout outs. People know my bio um, yeah. can look 
makeup if they really want to, but it's, that's irrelevant. I was working in makeup and beauty. I was doing makeup for short films, magazines, mm-hmm. uh, sports brands, different things with a couple of girlfriends. And um, I thought, you know what? I've always wanted to own my own beauty company. Okay. Working in- even though I was part-time, I was always uh-huh. like a manager at these companies because I would come up with makeup looks. I always knew what was on trend. I could mm. visualize where the market was going. I was, all, you know, one of the best sales agents in the com- company. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I could apply that same zeal and, and set up my own skincare. Let me try. Because I had all these skin allergies and food allergies and I would go to the GP and get laughed at and just told to take paracetamol and get out of my office. I thought, <laughs> let me my own health with my own hands, innit? Wow. <laughs> let me try and research. This is like the early days of Google, you know, uh, mm. 2009. 2008 okay um, I started and blending some products in my kitchen I would go to local um, local uh, what do you call them like uh, sales places like uh, markets local markets okay and I just test and try the products on people and they loved it you know they'd come back a month later and say I finished the pot love wow. it can I get two and two more were turning to four more and bringing friends with them and within 18 months i got a little following so wait wait you know what? okay let me let me interject right so okay this is yeah. this is this is quite intriguing so how old were you at this stage this, this is your 20 what roughly 20, I was 22. 22. So the 22, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got like a niece who's 20, early 22, 22. And yeah. you, you're going through your drama school. You're like, mm, you're, you're doing your thing at the same, obviously yeah. you're, you're so driven. You're already, I think now you're like a seasoned entrepreneur. If you're selling ice cream at that tender age, you probably don't have yeah. a few. So now you're now in this world where you're figuring stuff out and you're saying mm-hmm. to yourself, I'm going to go to the market, the street market on the road, pick stuff mm-hmm. up, make mm-hmm. stuff, a product. Um, weren't you afraid of people reacting to it? How did you like, <laughs> like, honestly, that's a next level. Yeah. Do you know what? Again, just that level of supreme self-confidence. Like, mm. I know they're going to love it because I knew what it did for me. Right. Obviously, I was my own first guinea pig in it. Got I went from having dark marks and eczema and acne, two of the worst skin types, to having like flawless skin. And I remember my bro- one of my brothers, Andy, who I absolutely love. Mm. Well, I love both of them, but he's like, we're like very, <laughs> very close. <laughs> he He's very blunt. Like Andy's mm. like, he's not very curt. Got so he, he's the type of brother like, like hold your like face and goes, yo, Claire. And like looks to side side sis. <laughs> Get a lot of pimples, sis. <laughs> Thanks, and <laughs> so I remember he came to my flat and he was like, "Yo, sis, your skin's clear, isn't it? Have you cleared it? What have you done?" Mm. I said, well, "I've actually been making my own cream." He was like, "Really? You should sell it, girl. Sell wow. it, man." Like, wow. Yeah, man. You should sell it because if it helped you, it mm. could help others. And I was like, "You're right. Okay, I'm gonna do it." So mm. I got my little handmade labels stuck on with sellotape. Like, looking back, I was actually a complete nutter. Like, but I think I believe in God and I believe in God bless the trier. And I remember someone said, a guy said on my stool, he said, you know what? God bless you. God blesses a trier. Mm -hmm. You've tried. You're doing it. 
Mm. You're not thinking, you're not sitting there going, oh, I've got the magic potion, but because I lack self-confidence, I'm not going to share that with the world because what if, what if I get arrested? What if it's not legislative? Yeah, yeah. Just do it, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what leg- I didn't know what legislation I needed at 22. Mm-hmm. I didn't know safety checks I needed. Mm. I didn't know, you know, and I tell my customers, look, this batch is a bit runny. The next batch might be too hard. Mm. You know, I'm baking this stuff on my stove at home. Wow. In my fridge freezer. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Like, it's for your skin. If it doesn't work, discard it. Wow. <laughs> I'm guaranteeing it's it's funny man it's like um have you heard of Ma- madam cj walker i have when i watched that uh documentary on netflix i yeah. actually cried because i could i was uh, like look, look at my that's, that's you, look at my, elder. Look that's at my elder i didn't even know her story but i saw so much of me in her definitely that i just said you see how the spirit of a, an african woman is so strong yeah so what i mean we just we're so we're geniuses. No, definitely. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like women plating hair. Like my younger sister, she's very mm-hmm. good with her hands, hair, right. makeup, all of that, you know. And I've got a lot of, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's just the confidence to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to move from get, making it in my, my stove, getting it out there to now making it into like a branded business yeah. that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people would yeah. feel comfortable. And that was where you took it to. So, Okay, so you're 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 still kind of like getting things together. It's a bit scrappy and everything. Yeah. At what time did you make that transition to so premium? Yeah. So what happened is I had it under a test name. Um, I was going to close down and um, get some funding. So what I did, I trained as a teacher. Uh, wow, so I got okay. my in education because I thought, Do you know what, the b- business is shaky, isn't it? We were just about to go into a recession, two thousand and nine. Mm. I said to myself, look, if the business doesn't work out, I still need a career in it. Otherwise, I'm going to be a broke actor, director. Mm. So, mm. And, and you were still acting. The acting thing was still going on at this stage, right? Yeah. Okay, when did you draw that line and say, you know what, acting, just chill, just chill. I've tried. I've tried. I've done I've it off. I got my uh, business loan for pre-May, so that was my 26th birthday, mm. July 2011. When mm. I registered the company, I said I'm not doing nothing else in my life. For, for right now, I'm Claire Aluka at the time, that's my mm. dad's name, mm. um, the founder of pre-May Skincare. That's it. And then I launched officially December the 1st, 2011. And you got a, you got a bank loan or a loan from... I got a bank loan from HSBC. Thankfully, okay. I took on a girl as, a, as an apprentice. Sure. Her big sister was a manager at HSBC Black Girl. Mm. And she fought for me. I wow. submitted my business plan twice. She said, Claire, I'm presenting this to white men over the age of 60. They just don't think you're investable. And then she mm. said, when she, then she said, okay, apart from the skincare, what, what are you going to do if you, if the skincare fails? And I said, well, look, I just qualified as a teacher. Mm. And she was like, bingo. Okay, they'll give it to you. So she went back in, she told them she's a qualified teacher. She'll work to get that 25 grand back. Okay. So they were like, okay, cool. All right, we'll give it to her. So they gave me 25 grand. Mm. 
And um, I got my website, I got a little small team, um, I was able to make up, you know, bigger orders mm. of product. Um, within a couple of, like, 40 days, the brand was already award nominated and we won. Wow. Into the hands of a journalist who had a skin condition called psoriasis. Psoriasis, and it helped, okay. Yeah, it healed, psoriasis is like the worst skin type. What is like, that? an extreme of eczema it's when your immune system is shut down and your skin starts to kind of attack itself okay so um you get very blotchy skin uh very raw very red if Mm. you're white um kind of very dark black marks if you're black unexplained itchiness like shingles underneath the skin like it's just it's just um and that's usually an immuno situation but Mm. By the time it presents itself in the skin, the skin needs help as well as your diet. Yeah. So the products took away her scars and helped her skin. And so she put it up for this award and it got it. And then it just, it was like every four months after that, for a period of five years, we won an award somewhere. So I've actually got 17 Hmm. awards for the brand. 17 awards. Wow. Yeah. None of them were looking for. I was just trying to just do my thing. I I had imposter syndrome for a little while, you know, I was... (laughs) I'm young, I'm black, I'm competing with like billion dollar white American companies. Yeah. Um, how did you break then, through all of that? Like the whole, sorry to interject, but how did you break through the, the were there any monoliths or rather the, you know, the, the gatekeepers of the industry, all of that? Oh yeah, of course, every day, every day. Mm. And mm. you know, they would try and order my staff to copy my recipes and... Mm pass it off as their own. I really taught them what it meant to be vegan and allergen friendly. I mean, all these terms are now very com- common now. You know, it's mm. all common. Yeah. But we're talking about 2011, you know, when it's like, oh, it's vegan. It's all like yeah. a dirty word, you know, in the beauty industry. But yeah. now they, they've been forced to go that way. And I was a front runner and a pioneer in that space. And that's why the Queen awarded me uh, for my services to dermatology in 2017. And yeah. I believe I'm supposed to get that award and um I'm proud of that because it represented hard work. Definitely, you know, it represented like, wow, you, you are being seen clear, yes, you are, you know, making money and you're winning awards, but actually the royal family they purchased my products. Um okay. I'd say the exact person's name because that sure. would mean that they're endorsing it. But um one of Prince William's cousins uses my brand and mm. um you know, for, for eczema. And um, that product won an award that year. And, you know, it just, a lot of divine things would happen like that. Where you're because, just like, you wow. tried. because you tried. Because you tried. You know, God blesses the trier. You know, oh, I'm yeah. a, I'm a doer. I don't like to talk too much about, I hate, like, so you see, no shade, but I don't enjoy the term, like, coming soon. My thing mm. is just come. I hear you. Just hear come, you. I just, just <laughs> launch. You get what I'm saying? Just launch this. Stop like becoming sick. You know what I, I like mean? That. Because it's like you're kind of giving yourself too much scope to what if something goes wrong and you can't come soon? Mm-hmm. But if we don't, we will just, when it arrives, it arrives. I hear like that. I hear that. Under unnecessary pressure, <laughs> when yeah. you could just wait and drop it when it's hot mm. or before you're even ready and learn on the job like I do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm not polished. I don't even believe in perfection. Mm. I believe in but I don't believe in perfection because I know mm. nothing can be perfect. I'm not a perfect person. Mm. I launch things sometimes before they're ready. But I just say to myself, 
it's, it's, it's good enough and I'll, and I'll learn the rest as I go along. Do you think that's a big recipe for success in general? I do. When mm. I research and look at my, my peers and I have my sort of like mastermind meetings with, say, <laughs> Oprah <laughs> and Spike Lee and mm. Nora Ephron or Anita Roddick, who's passed on from the body shop, like, mm. I think I hear their voices and I'm like, so what would they do? What would mm. they think? Mm. And they would do exactly what I'm doing because they've done it. They jumped into the frying pan, yeah. you know, and learned how to dance with the heat under their feet you know nothing mm. was perfect sure and there kind of isn't a, really a right time for anything whether that's becoming a parent getting married starting a business you you could always say oh this is not the right time yeah you know i could say it's not the right time to write a book i could say it's mm. not the right time to go into filmmaking but mm. it just something in my spirit feels right yeah. I can strictly plan out and I sort of see the end in, in, in my sights. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I know it's going to end. Kind of got a strategy there. Okay, cool. I, I'm going to run with this. Yeah. I'm going to see how it's going to go. And then the universe conspires with you to make sure it happens because yeah. you're, you're definite now in what you want to do. Do you know what I mean? But I think a lot mm. of people procrastinate and talk themselves out of things mm. because they want all the way perfect. And there's the way perfect because people might look at me and think, oh no shade is a perfect person that feels far from perfect mm, mm, i'm far mm. from perfect as a first time director but it was divine because i listened to my spirit my spirit said you know what five years you absolutely killed it what, what about film this could be the perfect time to actually go into film and because of the confidence that i had built up yeah being involved with buff behind the scenes quietly doing PR for the festival yeah. uh, with my sister, promoting unknown filmmakers, thinking, do you know what, I, I could do this. Then I became a script judge at Bath and I was reading scripts and thinking, wow, man, these people are so talented. Yeah. What would to write a script? Can I do it? Do I have it in me? Is, it, is my degree too old now? You know, you start to... <laughs> you start to box yourself in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe my Time has passed, and then I said, "Time has passed." Mm. I'm first two. Mm. In Africa, I'm a child. Your child is oh, like, your <laughs> 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 your time has passed. You're 32. Like, you're all right. Yeah. So that that year, that summer of 2017, when women started asking me about bleaching creams, I mm. thought, I don't the way the beauty world's going i don't like the kylie jenner energy of contour and it's all about the makeup it's all about the botox and the phone you know that the, the, the mm -hmm. plastic surgery look that everyone had going on yeah um i thought this is an opportune time to write a story about a girl that people can relate to you know with a dark-skinned woman as the lead cast member Okay. And I'll tell you a little secret. I approached I approached loads of actresses like I really yeah. wanted Shana, the Shana Lynch. Mm. And she was almost gonna do it, but I think between Bulletproof and now I understand James Bond, her agent was like Ah, <gasps> uh, I see. No, but thanks for thinking could she do it? I don't think she's too busy, Claire. Sorry. That's what the agent said. 
Oh man. Okay, cool. And then I thought, well, yeah, she's got bulletproof. Okay. Yeah. And that's sort the James Bond thing a year. Like, I was like, oh god, no. No, that makes yeah. sense, isn't it? Would <laughs> have coincided, and that would have given this little. I mean, if she was on your film, man, that would have also been interesting as well. Yeah, it would have been mm. a blessing for both of us, and I Definitely. think you know, um, yeah, it would have been absolutely insane. So. Yeah, everything everything happens for a reason. But um, I'm happy with the cast that I've got now because no, no, they definitely. were, um, and they are absolutely outstanding talent. You know, like they make my movie. You know, no, I gave definitely. them words, Wait, and so, I was them. But they brought that relationship that people just can't forget about. You know, Jade and Danny, Adele yeah. and Kathleen, the actors. Yeah. Um, they, you know, together they they've changed my life, you know. So I'm I'm very very grateful to them. Now, the, the, sorry to interject. Now, there's something interesting about that film, No Shade, and I'm gonna get to that. Now, in terms of premier skincare, right? Mm-hmm. You said a lot of things that I want to unpack, and it actually even that this scenario that I'm gonna talk about it leads into buff, and it also leads into how you distributed your film. Now, you came into an industry which you, you said your competitions were multi-million, multi-billion dollar industries. They had the ability to get your product, understand it, and break you. Like, they could do that just yeah. like that, right? Yeah, overnight, and overnight. Recently, overnight, yeah. they could have done that. And uh, how are you able to maintain consistency for five years, especially marketing your product, like making it loud? I mean, social media wasn't really that big then. It wasn't, was it? and mobile shopping was was even less. Like people were very skeptical about PayPal, mm. and, you know, buying online. People wanted to still see me at trade shows and fairs, mm. and you know. How did you um, pull that off, man? Like, how did you? Did you yeah. How many hours did you sleep in a day? I, I, I never slept. I've got four to six hours sleep a night for five years. Wow. Um, I look back on those days, and it's because I was I was young. You know, I was twenty six to. 31, mm. prime of life, um, fit as a fiddle. Mm. And um, I, I just ran on adrenaline for five years, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Every time I wanted to break or cry or give up, I'd win another award. It boosts my self-esteem. And I think what I learned from a young age comes yeah. back again that no one can beat me. Mm. Like, I don't believe in competition in that regard. Yeah, of course, you've got billions. You're a billionaire. I'm a thousandaire. Mm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Financially, but financially is only half a measure of a man or a woman. You know what uh, I mean? It's like everything. Uh, uh, you can't yeah. replicate my energy. Yeah. You can't replicate when I call my customers and wish them happy Christmas and they're like, oh, mm. oh my God. Oh, Dr. Claire, wow. Mm. You know, mm. you're the first CEO of a company, that founder, mm. that has ever phoned me. Like, that means so much to me. Mm. Like, wow. Thank you, you know, Gillian or Valerie, you know. So you're, that was a USB, isn't it? Yeah, that because that because I can't I can't compete with giving you free products every day and free gifts and buy one get one free and all the things that the big boys can do but i can call you for half an hour and say hi yeah yeah, like that's enough unlimited minutes on my phone isn't it yeah (laughs) like relationships customer service Mm. is something 
a lot of these big companies lack mm. because they're so big. Automated service, can't speak to a human voice on the phone, or if you do, they're in Timbuktu or Siberia. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, on Bangladesh. Yeah, right? Mm. Yeah. You don't get the feeling of, this is somebody that's here to take care of me. You get a feeling of, oh, I'm just 10 a penny to this company. Mm. You know, yes, I get my goods on time and blah, but that personalized service, and that's why I didn't sleep much because I was always on. I was always on. I'd answer emails within an hour. Mm. I'd people if there was an issue or if they, you know, just wanted to rant. My, we had an intimate relationship, me and my customers. They meant everything to me. So that was how you kind of like stayed relevant as against yeah. in regards to competition and your staff yeah. strength. Did you have people you brought in every now and again? Did you have like a steady staff? No, <laughs> short answer. I couldn't afford them. Uh, I had friends that would help. I took on apprentices. So in the first two years of Prima, I was still teaching. So I would teach part time to bring in some extra money when I was short. Um, or sales were low. And then, obviously, kids would read about me in the newspapers, be like, Mr. Luca, is this you? And I'm like, shh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're like, moonlighted. Right. I'm like, basically, she's like, I'm an entrepreneur, but I can teach as well. And obviously, I'm a qualified teacher. So don't say anything to the teachers. When, when they're like, but miss, when I become 16, can I work for you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I set up an email address yeah. so that kids could email me there. Um, and when they turned 16, they came to work at my flagship store. And um, they were apprentices, so I paid them, you know, just below minimum wage. And, um, yeah, they would help, you know, bottle, label, fill, sell. And... They're like 21 now, and they they DM me, message me on Twitter all the time. Clay, changed my life. Love you. I'm like, yeah, man. You look like my little oh, sister. That's good. That's good. Wow, wow, so, wow. So that yeah. so that was kind of like your setup the whole period, and then you now, obviously, from what you've said, you got to the point where you're now like, you know what, you've done enough. You got your awards, and you wanted to make that switch based on interactions with customers who wanted to bleach your skin. Yeah. Oh man. That was that was a big moment because I'm, I'm trying to put myself because as I'm listening to you, I'm I'm trying to pr- visualize, project myself in your shoes, which is almost impossible. But I put myself <laughs> in your shoes. You're sitting down in your clinic, um, at Harley, Harley, you know, Harley, at yeah. Harley Street, right? Which is not cheap. Um, and you're there, and they show up, and then you're like, "Hmm, I'm gonna pack all this up and make a film about you guys to talk about colorism." Yeah, man. I don't know, man. Listen, what I'm saying like, it's it's. It... Do you see how that sounds? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it sounds mad, isn't it? But that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm a bit mad. I will do things like that. I will just suddenly yeah. decide that I've had, you know, I've I've I've, I've climbed I've climbed this mountain. Mm. Now I'm gonna climb another mountain. Right. So it's not even it's, about the money to you, isn't it? It's would you say? I mean, would you say it's, it's is it about the money? It's because it doesn't sound like it's about no, money to you. Is, no, is it? no, no, mm. no. Because if it was about the money, I wouldn't have started Primo. I forgot to say. It's not oh, you've done. To say, I've got so many, sorry? 
Yeah, what would you have done? You, sh- you want to start pre-made, what would you have been the alternative? Basically, the first month that I started pre-made, I was contacted by a massive beauty brand asking yeah. me to come and be their, their formulator, their scientist. But I'd have to move to Dublin. Oh, wow. And I be would have been earning more money than I could count. Wow. And I could do it. I was like, oh, ooh. It's not wow. like an offbeat refuse, you know? But I was like, but you see, you see how God's testing me hmm. to, derail, to see if I would derail myself. Why did you say no? Like, Because I can't, I, I'd be a terrible employee at that time. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I'd, I'd been selling on my markets. I'd psyched myself up. Yeah. To jump off the safety harness of a retail job or a teaching job. Yeah. I've launched against all odds. There's another story, but again, I'm not even going to give credibility to the person, but, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, the, 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 the first, first brand I had. Yeah. Uh, Somebody stole it from me. Like, do you see what I mean? So I went through a little bit of hardship. Mm, mm. And I thought, nah, I've got the loan now. I need mm. to come and I need to I need to see this through. So it's so you got this to jump off this mountain to go to another mountain. You get what I'm saying? I hear you, yeah. So when you like when you the got the loan, is that when the company contacted you? Sorry? Is it when you, you the company that contacted you after you got the loan? They contacted me, yeah, literally. I got the loan in July. They contacted yeah. me. I didn't launch, remember, for five yeah. months. I went okay. underground because I was still releasing myself and removing myself from my the kind of prototype of Prime, which some loser tried to steal. Well, not tried. They stole off me. Mm. Um, in the sense of the name and the website, they signed over the stuff to themselves. And I, I said, it's fine, because I was already going to relaunch anyway. But it's your former partners. I mean, obviously, it's... Um... Yeah. Okay, got you, got you. So this mm. is like an ex-boyfriend. Can you imagine? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there there's so many stories like that. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. And it's like, dude, man. Even, do you know the like, funny thing, Claire? This is yeah. so CJ Walker. You know that, right? Yeah. Just did, can you see why I, just, I cried? The similarity is scary, man. Insane. Yeah. So, you know, I went underground for five hmm. months. And I remember when I came back in December, people were, they were floored. Like, hmm. we thought you'd be in a straitjacket because you, he betrayed you. Like, he took your brand, he passed it off as his own. And I said... Well, I've wow. got legal advice, and they said, Claire, you're the genius. It was a start. It wasn't even a startup. You hadn't even registered as a company at that. Well, you had registered, but you you weren't making any real money. What's ten grand? Yeah, don't make the money. Yeah, you've got a loan now. Start again. New name. Come back. Kill it, and it'll be dead in the water. Don't that's talk what about him publicly. That's what my brothers and sisters advised me. Yeah. Because I was seething. I wanted to shame him and all that. I said at the beginning, because I had to tell my customers, don't buy from him. I, I'm not with that company anymore. I'm going to come back. Please wait for me. And you know what? They all did. Hmm. And December the 1st, I switched the website on. And then February, I was contacted by this other company. Hmm. 
And I thought, oh. Mm, now it makes a lot of sense, yeah. Because they could see this isn't this challenger brand. Mm. Who the hell is this? Who is mm. this girl? Let's, let's buy the brain behind it. Let's buy her out. Right. Shelf her company, get her out the way, or let her bring her mind to our company. Acquisition, man. Right. But yeah. I said, you know what? No, this is a this is a divine journey. I've I could mm. have been finished, you know. If I didn't get that loan, I wouldn't have been able to come back. I wouldn't have been able to recover. Mm. And emotionally I would have went down in flames. Yeah. So I had to see it through, and I'm glad I did, you know. And when I reached five years, he emailed me some nasty rant about, you know, I just said, look, man. Five years. Jealousy is a sickness. Get well soon. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird, man. Like, looking at your life so far, it's been interesting. Like, you know, foster care system, parents, yeah. um, and then you 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 went into drama school, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're like, you know, it's just not working. At the same time, you're hustling, you're doing the makeup and everything, and then you yeah. go into business, and you've got all these challenges, you know. Yeah. You, and then you got to the stage where you know what, I'm gonna put everything aside, and I'm going to make a film about, you know, the challenges I'm seeing. Yeah. Now, what, what I find intriguing at this stage and, and your story is how you decided to go about making the film. Now, mm. before we before we even go there, there is a very crucial part of your story, which I don't want to go too deep into because that's, I would love to hear from the other person involved in the story, if you know what I mean. Now, yeah. at some point, you, you, you stumbled upon an organization that changed the direction of your life called the yeah. Bridge Urban Film Festival. Yeah. Tell me about that encounter. Guys, I have to end it here. But good news, part two is coming out in a few days. I'm excited. Honestly, I am. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, it's just filled with so much information. And it's just interesting to hear Claire's journey from her tender young age in the foster care to where she is now. It's just of stuff. I mean, it's made for movies, honestly. Um, part two is equally as interesting as Claire talks about her work with the British Urban Film Festival as the marketing director and PR consultant. And also she talks about her film, No Shade. Very intriguing um, journey in that film. She talks about why the film was made, how she made it, how she raised the money. And also she talks about the distribution, the challenges she faces and all that. Raw, uncut conversation, man, honestly. And feel free, let me know what you think about this episode. Drop your comments. Claire would love to know what you think as well. Guys, I'm going to leave you here now with a word of advice. Die empty. Whatever thoughts and imaginations you have in you, whatever dreams, whatever, die empty. Um, I lost a friend recently and also this man that inspired me years ago that I also lost this year. And... Um, one thing that came to mind and really touched me is the fact that we never know when our time is up, right? Imagine this scenario. If someone told you you had two days left on this earth, what will be your regret? I would say don't let your regret be that you didn't love your family well enough, you didn't love your friends, your partners well enough, your wife, your husband well enough. And don't let it be that you had ideas and dreams and things you wanted to do but you procrastinated 
die empty guys because at the end everything turns to dust everything everything and with that i'll leave you on a much hyper note peace love and happiness and see you guys in the conclusion of this conversation i had with dr claire this is the all